Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Looking at Jonah chapter 4, and today we're in verses 3 and 4. Uh, Last time we took a look at the first two verses of this chapter and talked about uh, the peace is falling into place now. Why has Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord? Well, he starts to uh, unravel for us the mystery and lift the fog and give us some idea of what he was actually thinking when he fled from the presence of the Lord. So for sake of context, I'm going to start reading in verse 1, and I'll read verses 1 through 4. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry, and he prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, and abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Now, therefore, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. And the Lord said, and I love this, the Lord said, Do you have good reason to be angry? Last time we looked at the connection between Jonah chapter 4, verse 2, what Jonah says about the character of the Lord and where he got that from, Probably, most likely, Exodus chapters 33 and 34. So turning back to Exodus chapter 34 and verse 6, we read at the end last time, as the Lord puts Moses into the cleft of the rock and covers over him and passes by him with his glory, this is what the Lord proclaims. So verse 6, Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious. Now those two words are the same words that are used in Jonah chapter 4 verse 2. Jonah flips the order. He says the Lord is gracious and compassionate, but they're the same words. So compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. It's the same phrase that's used by Jonah in chapter 4 verse 2 and abounding in loving kindness, again, the same phrase used by Jonah, and truth. Now, interestingly, Jonah does not include this last work. He is abundant in loving kindness, uh, but not truth. He doesn't say truth. Jonah says something else instead. What Jonah says in chapter 4, verse 2, is that the Lord is abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Now, we've already seen that phrase in our study at the end of chapter 3 when the Lord relented concerning the calamity that he had determined to bring about upon Nineveh, and he did not do it. And when we looked at that, we looked at the connection between that phrase And the other place that it's used in the law, which is actually Exodus 32, where we have the people of Israel building this golden calf while Moses is up on top of Mount Sinai. God determines 
that he's going to wipe the entire nation out for this sin. He says, I'll take you, Moses, and I'll make a great nation out of you. Step aside and let me destroy everyone else. And, and what does Moses do? He pleads with the Lord and prays to the Lord, Lord, don't do this. And then he says, relent concerning the calamity, or a modern version might say, change your mind about the harm that you've determined to do to your people. It's the same phrase that's used in Jonah chapter 3 when, when God relents or changes his mind, so to speak, about the people of Nineveh and the judgment that he has proclaimed. And now Jonah says this same phrase again. Lord, I knew that you were gracious and compassionate, uh, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness, and one who relents concerning calamity. Now, there are some commentators that think it's significant that Jonah does not say abundant in loving kindness and truth here. And I think it's an interesting point that may have some validity. Jonah may be intentionally omitting the word emet or truth in Hebrew because he doesn't believe God is being true to his word at this point. God has said I will judge the people of Nineveh, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. But he didn't do it. And so Jonah is accusing God through all of this of injustice and that he is not being true to his word. And God is going to teach the prophet through the rest of this passage, through the rest of chapter 4, a lesson on mercy and ultimately, a lesson on the character, the very character of God. So Jonah says he knew all of this in advance. When God's command came to him in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, and God said, Go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for its wickedness has come up before me. Jonah converses with himself in his mind, should I go to Nineveh? I really hate the Ninevites. I hate the Assyrians. I don't want them to repent. If, if God tells me to take this message of judgment to Nineveh and they were to repent, God would spare them because he's gracious, he's compassionate, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness. And remember the golden calf thing? He didn't actually judge the people even though he said he was going to judge the people. He never executed judgment on them. So what is the chance that if I take all this message to the people of Nineveh and they actually repent that he's going to go through with this judgment? Based on his character, he won't do it. He's forgiving. He's loving. He's slow to anger. He wants to forgive and show mercy. And because Jonah knew this, he says, and this is right in the text, this is what I said while I was still in my own country. He had this conversation in his mind, and he concluded, I don't want to see that happen. I'm not going to that city. Now, if we view the entire book through this perspective, what I'd like to do for just a couple of minutes is scan back over and see the way that it affects our reading of the book. I think this is so in incredible to do this. We've already seen from 1-1, when the command comes to Jonah to go, he doesn't go 
because of this. It's not just that he hated the Assyrians or that he hated the Ninevites, though that was absolutely true. He expected that in taking the message of judgment that the people would repent and God would forgive them. That was his expectation. And he didn't want to see that happen, so he goes the other way. He goes down to Joppa, gets on a ship, and goes toward Tarshish. It's not because he's afraid. It's not even primarily because of his reputation. He does not want to see God's grace extended toward this people group. And so he runs in the opposite way. What is fascinating about this now is that in chapter 1, because Jonah doesn't want God to save the Ninevites, he gets on a ship with a bunch of Phoenicians, whom he would have also viewed as heathen, Gentiles, strangers to the, the covenants and the law of Moses. He gets on a ship with these people, and through this whole storm that God brings about, these sailors are witnessed to by Jonah, maybe even unbeknownst to him. I mean, he's telling them about the God that he serves and whom he's running from. And when they throw him overboard into the sea, who believe? It's these Gentile Phoenician sailors that fear the Lord. And God extends his mercy to them through this situation. And because Jonah is cast overboard, they believe. They are saved. God extends his mercy to Jonah in the fish, swallowing Jonah up. And we can understand now in chapter 2 why Jonah's prayer is really devoid of any kind of uh, uh, sort of repentance. Jonah doesn't believe he's doing anything wrong here. He doesn't want to see God's mercy extended to any people outside of Israel. He's very nationalistic in this context, so much so that he forgets the Old Testament promises to Abraham that the peoples of the world would be blessed through you. I think this is how we can read chapter 2 and see Jonah legitimately praying to the Lord and asking him for help, and at the same time still not putting the pieces together that he's really doing something wrong at this point. And when we come to verse 9, I think verse 9 of chapter 2 is very telling. He says, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will repay. Salvation is from the Lord. I think what he's saying there is, fine, if the Lord wants to save the people of Nineveh, I'll go to Nineveh. You can do what you want. That's fine. But he's not happy about it. He doesn't like it. He doesn't agree with it. He's not saying, sorry, God, for not going along with your plan. He's basically saying here, sorry, I got caught. Fine, I'll go. And at the end of chapter 3, we see, very interestingly, throughout chapter 3, Jonah is all but absent. I mean, in the very first verses, we have Jonah proclaiming the message of the Lord, obeying the Lord's command to go to Nineveh. But really, in his mind, I mean, this is almost kicking and screaming. Lord, this is just stupid. And when we come to chapter 4, he's finally had enough when he sees the people of Nineveh actually repent. And we can see with him his displeasure, his burning anger, that he views this as injustice. 
Why would the Lord choose to extend his mercy to these people? And even saying, this is what I expected from the beginning. And the reason why I didn't want to go, because I knew who you are. God, I know your character and what you're like. And I didn't want you to be like that toward these people. I think this has so many applications for us today. One of the biggest ones is that we can know the character of God, really know it from the biblical text, and still somehow act in the wrong way. Jonah knew God's character. He knew the truth about God, that he was gracious and forgiving and wanted to extend mercy, but it did not lead him into right action. There was still a disconnect. And so there's more to putting knowledge into application than simply knowing about God and his character. That knowledge has to be applied in the right way practically. And Jonah did not do that, which led to this this whole incident in chapter 4 where he is burning with anger. Now in verse 3, he says, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me. This sounds so dramatic, but you have to understand, who was Jonah before? nationalistic prophet to Israel. And now that reputation is all gone. And the people that he has hated, that have oppressed his people, God has spared and shown mercy to. And really, in only 50 years' time, about these people are going to come back into the northern kingdom and haul them all away as slaves. Jonah may or may not be aware of prophecies about that, But he is very displeased about what the Lord has done, so much so that he, I think, accuses the Lord of injustice and says, it is better for me to die. It's just better to be dead. So please take my life away. And the Lord's response to him is a response of such gentleness and such grace, mercy shown to Jonah. Again, do you have a good reason to be angry? What a thought-provoking question. I'm sure Jonah would not have taken it that way. This would have irritated him. This would have rubbed salt into the wound. He goes out of the city and mopes. But God asking him to think about what he's done. We'll look more at the thought process and what follows in the coming sessions. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.